Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall. It's fun away, Daily England. New Zealand men T20 International Series. Here at Old Trafford, Adam Collins, Cam Ponsonby, uh, the hosts of Spiplicated the Visitors again. Cam, 30 seconds. England get off to a slow start. They're 48 for two after eight. We're thinking, oh, maybe it's really difficult out there. Bears and Brook change their mind, decide it's incredibly easy. They get 70 off the next like five or six overs. They're going at 14s, get England up to the best part of 200. Um, England start, New Zealand start pretty poorly. Gus Atkinson gets a wicket on debut in his first over. They get to about 70 for three. They're going nowhere. They collapse in a heap, 100 all out. England win by loads. They won by 95, all out for 103. England making 198 for four. Bearstone not out, 86 from 60 balls. A stand of 131 in 65 rocks with Brooke who made 67 from 36. They hit 136 of their runs in boundaries. They still absorb 47 dot balls. I'm actually not sure whether that's statistically relevant or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. On commentary, it kind of felt like it was, like New Zealand had their moment. Certainly in the power play, they kept them to 40. New Zealand made more runs in the power play than England. The problem was they were three down by that point in time and that was just where England were building. The real one that stood out to me, they lost two for nine in 19 balls between overs six and nine England. And then they hit um, 24 from their next seven. At one point, Bairstow hit 30 runs in 10 deliveries after passing 50. He probably should have made 100, but he slowed down right at the end. Um, so it, yeah, it felt like a kind of an odd innings. You see 198 for and you think it feels a certain way but it kind of didn't like England had an extraordinary period in the middle after being you know, a bit sketchy run a ball at the start and weirdly a bit sketchy at the end absolutely best was 26 of 28 yeah. they hadn't gone anywhere and Adam Milne bowled beautifully at the start of the innings you really he'd, you look at the scorecard everyone's gone at 12s or whatever and Milne's gone at less than a run a ball yep. Then they flipped that switch and then it slowed down again. But because we'd had this period of time between Bairstow and Brook where it was so relentless, it kind of felt like you were going to look up at the board at the end of the innings and it was going to be 220. And it wasn't. But (laughs) the the fact of the matter is, New Zealand just don't bat deep enough that I, I genuinely, this might have been arrogance or whatever you want to call it on my part, First ball of the second innings, I've written on my line, I've written in my report, England win by X runs. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. this is just what's going to happen in New Zealand and not going to chase these. 
And it was another example of just one side being quite a lot better than the other and proving it. And they've got the flex as well. So England used seven bowlers tonight and bowlers six and seven were Livingston and Jackson took a wicket each in their one over. New Zealand had five bowlers to go to and in the absence of Jimmy Neesham who's away on parental duties at the moment, you know, who was going to be bowler six was going to be Glenn Phillips. Like, you know, it was hard to kind of work out who could bowl a cheeky over or two. You know, Tim Southey takes one for eight in his first two overs, can see 40 runs from overs three and four. If he had another bowler, it might have been he had some flex there when things were tough, but he didn't. And that's a depth problem New Zealand are experiencing at the moment. And look, we're only eight months away from a World Cup. They made the final in 2021. They made the semi-final last year against Pakistan and lost that to, uh, to uh, Pakistan at the SCG. But, you know, they were there and thereabouts throughout the tournament. They beat Australia, thumped them. Uh, it feels like this is kind of quite a sudden slump for New Zealand, even if they haven't got all their players right now. It's funny you say that. Johnny Bursa was just kind of asked that question in the press conference. He goes like... He was asked, like, do you want a bit of tougher opposition like so close to the World Cup? And he kind of put the brakes on. He went, whoa, 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 whoa. These guys beat us in a T20 World Cup semi-final yes. less than two years ago, two years ago in 2021. Like, these are, this is a seriously good team just in a slump. And I also find, yes, they're missing that one bowling option, but even something as simple as having Tim Southie at eight rather than ten yeah. gives that illusion of batting depth a bit more because Adam Milne walks out at number eight. And, yeah, he's, he's batted seven in first-class cricket a little bit. But England have Sam Curran who bats four in franchise cricket around the world. Like, the depth chart is just nowhere near the same. As you do kind of... I know teams are always worse when they don't have their best players. Yep. But you do put Jimmy Neesham in there and the team does get better. I think it is just a slight tweak. I don't think they're as far away as these two matches suggest, basically. Yeah, in, in all probability that that's true. But, it, yeah, I'm mindful of the, the 50-over World Cup that's coming up. Four years ago, New Zealand were totally underdone coming into 2019, and they came within a hair's breadth of winning the bloody thing. So they, they do find a way when it matters most, but they're a long way off the mark in this series so far. We'll get Cole Jamieson back as well. They get big Cole Jamieson back, who, you know, he's barely bowled a ball in anger for 14 months. <laughs> I just reminded me, I saw Kane Williamson doing his warm-ups here. Me too, yeah. I, I reckon he might be the slowest man in the world. His sprints, I wasn't impressed. What I will say about Williamson was he was doing some quite rigorous leg workouts. Kony and I were watching it. I mean, he's putting a lot of pressure on that right leg, yeah. and he needs to prove his fitness within two weeks. So whether Williamson's even in their best team at T20, like he probably is still. I know there was a lot of debate around that at the World Cup in Australia last year. You'll have a more sophisticated view than me being part of that kind of vis world and me being a sort of Neanderthalic test fan. Um, but, um, you know, Williamson... Just that stability that he would provide and afford the experience in the lineup going into another World Cup? I think, in terms of in the context of the T20 World Cup, I think what Williamson does there is he just adds that depth. He allows everyone else to go a bit harder if he's there, kind of giving that element of control. And the idea is, I want to be a Neanderthal, by the way. I don't, I don't want to get sucked into that Crickviz world. I've got the logins, but it's too much for me. <laughs> I, start, I find myself referencing like swing percentages in pieces now, and I hate it. Um, but what he does then is, if you get him back and then you add Carl Jamieson into the equation, if you become a better bowling team and you have a batter you can bat through, that gives you a better chance of winning. And they will be in a strong position, but they might just fall over again. So yeah. if, they, if this is how fragile they are, then that's a problem. Yeah, I'll say two things about their bowling. One is that um, Lockie Ferguson's done for 43. Another day he takes like three for 20 bowling as well as he did. He was super unlucky. 15 from his first over, which was like exceptional. I know that'll sound like a weird thing to say, but the way the over transpired, hit for six for one, they hit the top edge. Um, a ball that missed leg stump by a millimetre. You know, beating um, Bairstow a couple of times with slower balls and all the rest of it. And uh, Milne conceding 23 runs in four overs. I know he played in that World Cup final against Australia a couple of years ago. Injuries have kept him out of the side more than he's been 
been in it. He was a, an integral part of New Zealand's rise to the World Cup final back in 2015 in the 50 yeah. over format of the game. You've had a bit to do with him in America recently. His in-swing today was outstanding at pace at the very top and he managed to finish it off at the end and keep England below 200. None of that's for nothing. The ball was hooping. Like the first six overs, to go back and use one of those quick viz stats, like of the 160 T20s to be played in England, of the power play, it was like the 10th most swing ever, basically. Have that one, that'll get it on your wall. Um, but yeah, Adam Milne's been bowling exceptionally well, and he's only actually just got back into the New Zealand setup. He was absent for a while. I spoke to him over in America, and kind of in view of this World Cup, I was like, "Are you, are you hoping you want him to go?" And he's like, "I mean, I'll be, I'll be like gutted if I don't." Basically, so right. he's managed to force his way back into this setup. He really had loads of injury problems. He played like a first-class game for the first time in years, the other like a couple of months ago. But that is such a benefit to New Zealand. In terms of, we're we talking about the power play, we're talking about New Zealand's bowling at the moment. Yeah, no, what are we talking weird, about? We, we haven't talked about Johnny Bairstow, uh, or Brooke, or Milan's four ball duck, or, 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 or the ones with Joffre. We're going to get to all of these things. Um, uh, I got it right this time, right? It's ones with, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, not, not Lambeth. I, I, I got that wrong on Surrey comms with you and you nearly fucking smashed me in the face, which is fair enough too. Um, let, let's go through them one by one. Sure. Milan's four ball duck, which was in its own way funny. Three swings and misses followed by missing. Admittedly, Sartner's one did, did turn prodigiously and it was a nice paced delivery from a finger spinner. But um, like from a guy who looked rusty for 50 odd the other day uh, and came out firing in the media conference. I was reading your piece on Crick Info where he was quite strident about the fact that he's not competing with Harry Brook, but I mean, it, it wouldn't be a good time for him to fall out of form. I, I found it so funny, just because in the context of 24 hours ago, he's gone, I'm not here to please anyone, I'm here to score runs. And he gets a four ball duck where he's missed every ball. And you're like, it's not great. You haven't scored runs and you haven't pleased people there. Like, that's, that's, you failed on both counts. And in the context of that, I found that very funny. And especially when, when he's walking off, everyone's allowed to get out, I get that. Milan, Milan's had an unbelievable few years. To then be replaced by Harry Brook, who got the reception he did, it was loud here. People kept com people are coming to cricket matches at the moment to watch Harry Brook, and he started a little bit slowly as well. I think he was about three off six, and then like the flip switched, and he kind of just showed his quality. And it's just the range of shots. There's no, he missed his scoop a couple of times today, which is always meant to be one of his things where he can send the fine leg back and then get the fine leg up and sure. X Y Z, and he missed it a couple of times, but it didn't matter because he still had 17 other shots he could play. It's getting to the point now where my opinion of the World Cup squad is pick him and work the rest out. Like there's no, There are some scenarios where you'd rather have Liam Livingston or some scenarios where you'd rather have David Milan, but there's every scenario where there's a, a case where your England are batting is England's batting line better or worse with Harry Brook in it? It's better with him in it every single time. Yeah, and we saw the way he manipulated the field with his... It's almost like a switch hit, isn't it, more than a reverse when he gets it over the top of point. He hits that with the same like percentage frequency, I reckon, as like Maxwell does. And you know, Maxwell's been doing it for 15 years, right? And this guy's, what, 22 or 23, whatever it works out to be. He's clearly a freak. And the way he batted with Bairstow, um, you know, it makes 67 here. After, like, there was a case that he was the player of the match, not Bairstow, I thought. I know Bairstow gets the gong, but it's just in the way that... It was the acceleration from Brook that made everything feel yeah. a little bit different. That partnership, they were rocking along at about 15 and over for about six overs there when there was nothing New Zealand could do. And, and Brook, he, he did it with the um, mid-on, mid-off Malachi as well. I think it was Saudi bowling to him. He pops one over mid-on, then, uh, then mid-on, then long-on goes back, mid-off comes up, then he slaps it there. And like, you know, what do you do as a fielding captain in a situation where a guy is as 360 as him? And the two inside-out, um, lofted cover drives for six off East Shodi, that takes him doing two, even if you are hitting with the spin. I mean, like, he's a joke, basically. And like, 
Johnny Besto got the man on the match award because he got the biggest number award, basically. He's like, he scored the most runs, so therefore he was the best player. And don't get me wrong, he batted very well. And I think it's a sign of a player's quality where they can get 86 not out of 60 balls and we just go like well done Johnny we've seen you we, we know you can do that like we're all going to we're all going to carry on with our, our lives basically well that versatility that Brooke has he brought that tempo to the innings and so he went to scoop one off Ferguson missed it just missed leg stump and the same ball was bold and he backed away and he kind of slapped it through points so he, he has his his plan b is better than everyone else's plan a basically he has so many options to go to and it was him who kind of really injected and lifted that innings because Bairstow started slowly I think that was very much allowed the ball was going around corners then he slowed down had he carried on he might have got to 100 but no I, I think I'm in the same boat as you is where people are going to have remember this match for Brooks innings more than best those. Uh, let's talk about the, the bloke you've been playing with since you were a kid. Uh, Atkinson is a guy I've watched bowl at Surrey and thought, gee, he's got a yard. Uh, and, you know, both in the blast, but almost more notably in four-day cricket. When yeah. I've seen him bowl in four-day cricket, I'm like, gee, he's fucking quick. Um, tonight, he has that Joffre thing going on where he doesn't really look like he's bending his back or exerting himself, yet he's so rhythmical and beautiful with the way he lets the ball go. I reckon his release point's quite a long way forward as well, which makes it even quicker once more. Second delivery was 92 mile, mile an hour, which is you know, 150 in new money or near enough to it, um, and gets a wicket in that first over, which, and as I turn my page, I can tell you who it was. You probably remember, you've probably written about it. It was Conway, of course. Yeah. Not a bad first scalp in international cricket. Then he takes three and five balls at the end, one with the short ball, one with a clever bit of bowling with Saudi across his stumps and one with a, a lightning fast well it was a low full toss but almost Yorker length to to, to, to to a number 11 which is what you kind of want to do at the very end they miss you hit at that pace and okay I believe the hype yeah I, I don't really know how to address it like to be to at risk of being sincere for a second like, I, I don't know Gus very well but I've known him for quite a long time and I know him well enough to have been like genuinely like taken aback and genuinely so pleased from when you see him walking out you go fucking hell he's playing for England yeah. like that that's amazing like to go back 10 years and have seen him around the club, coached him and whatever. And his rise has been so quick. Like three years ago, he wasn't playing for Surrey. And he basically he basically had this net session uh, with Vikram Solanke and Jordan Clark, where um, Vikram Solanke just basically just went like, just bowl, bowl as fast as you can, mate. Like, let's just go. Like his run-up wasn't feeling quite right. And the words he said to me when we did a piece for Crick Info was like, I thought I knew, I thought I was trying and I realised I actually hadn't been. Like, I didn't realise how much effort I could put in. And there's been a bit of a binary change from that. Like, you came, come back a year ago and he's filled out, he looks like a man. And all of a sudden, you've got people who kind of know what they're talking about looking at him and going, this guy's quick. Like, so the Joffre chat, I said it initially as a joke because I found it quite funny. And then little did I know other people who actually knew what they were talking about were going, no, seriously, Bairstow's just talk, talking about him in the um, press conference where he goes like, oh yeah, I'm not surprised by his rise at all. We'd heard like rumours about this kid bowling quick and like you saw how quickly Joffre's pace changed things for him. And so the powers that be within England are seem dead set on this kid. Like, And maybe that's me wearing very rose-tinted glasses. Um, but also when I try and remove myself from that and just be like, no, no, if you were just hearing these things said about any other player... There's a player there that England are looking to heavily invest in now. And there's another part to it as well. He's 25. You hear all the, um, the, the biomechanists and, and so on talk about the risk factors for fast bowlers yeah. dissipating after about age 24, 25. He's hitting that point now where he's bowling 
a lot more overs in, in high-level cricket. Like his body, in theory, should be relatively resilient. So that's really exciting for England. And also, I, I do note that he got the hair done nice for this. The beard was trimmed like the way you do when you go to the barber. Like, that's what England players do. They look a certain way. He looks like an England player from his very first delivery tonight. So I've noticed a direct correlation with how attractive Gus has been with how well he's been doing. Yep. Kind of, he used to have this like chip Justin Bieber mop came back, trimmed up, short back and sides, beard, all of a sudden bowls quicker, yep. plays for England. So basically I'm getting a haircut and we're getting in the ones. There, there, there's something like that. Yeah. Well, you played in the ones last week. Are you in the ones again tomorrow? I am, mate. I, I, we shouldn't really talk about this. No, but it made me laugh. I realised this, I, I don't know if this was translate, but so I finally made the ones group chat for the last weekend of the season. And so you've got the names in the list and name number one courtesy of the alphabet is Gus Atkinson and a few num names down is me. So I think it's the only weekend I'll ever be in the same group chat as a current England player in my life. So I'm going to I'm going to ride out on it. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning it. We're going to drive down the M1 later and we're going to talk about it a lot. Your your um, your sidearm round the wicket um, non-spinning off breaks. They'll probably take a bag tomorrow. No, no, no they go all right. We've got a game to play together in a couple of weeks. Uh, I reckon that's enough. We've been going for a sufficient number of minutes to get to the Final Word Hall of Fame. The Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by uh, me and Cam and our beautiful patrons. Sign up to the Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash the final word. We're making a lot of eps right now. Uh, in the feed this morning was an episode with Tom Hicks about his book Bowler's Name, which I found um, a most enjoyable read and also uh, that's our new thing with the sale of the book club, which is quite a, a nerdy thing for us to do. Um, uh, story time's in the feed tomorrow, which is quite funny. So, um, Dig into all of that, and we've got some big interviews coming next week. Uh, my final word Hall of Fame is, I know the Viz guys, and you're kind of one of them, yeah, yeah. get um, aroused um, by the analysis. Um, six from two, which suggests, well, it only means one thing, doesn't it? You've hit a six first ball, you've got that second oh, ball. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the perfect analysis from a, you know, you're doing your role thing. That's exactly what Moe and Ali did after being promoted ahead of Joss Butler, who kind of like a club Sunday captain is almost trying not to bat. <laughs> exactly that line in the piece where I was just like, he's just being the club where he's like, I'm going to give other people a go. I've had enough hits, actually. Someone else have a bat. And my, it's just, I can't go anywhere else. It's Gus finishing it off three and three or three and four, whatever it was. How, how can it be anything else today for me? Done. Thanks, Cam. Uh, we are hitting the road. The uh, final word daily in Birmingham and Nottingham will be brought to you by Jeremy Vernon Coney, who I went, um, uh, who I went uh, um, um, vintage shopping with today. Uh, maybe he'll tell a story or two about some of the shirts he tried on. Uh, he's never hosted before, Jeremy, so um, hold on to your hats for that. Uh, and then uh, Cam and I will be doing some of the one days later in the series. Thanks for watching. Patreon.com forward slash see final word. Listen to everything in the feed. England smash it by 95 runs. See ya. Question of my current senses That'd be the same we've been doing for centuries Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this So you know what I meant here I had to go about it, write it out and